sometimes I sit here and I wonder about my father. I wonder about his battle. Larry, you have always fought for this land. From my father, my grandfather and my great-grandfather. We know my great-grandfather was speared across the harbour in a tribal dispute. My grandfather joined the army, fought at the bombing of Darwin, survived, but died soon after. My father was a part of this. 1972, 50 years ago, over a thousand Aboriginal people signed the 1972 Larrakia petition. I'm born in 1971, so I was one. This is an important document for land rights. This was a petition for Queen Elizabeth, drafted by Larrakia and supporting tribal groups, which expressed our need for land rights and political representation. Larrakia attempted to present the petition to Princess Margaret when she visited Darwin in 1972. There were people camped outside a government house where she was staying, but they never had the chance to give it to her. I actually saw the document I saw where it was torn by police. One year earlier, Bobby Secretary and Harry Adam raised the Larrakia flag outside of a Darwin courthouse. And then in 1979, the Kalalak lease was the first land title to be handed back to the traditional owners in a capital city. A lot has been done, but there's still more to do. So I wonder if sometimes when Dad fought, he grew tired. I'm tired. I'm tired because of our history and our inability to go forward. I want to find fulfillment. And I wonder if Dad's struggle ever made him tired. See, when I was born, I was actually born with one arm and when I was born, the doctors wanted to take me away from my family from the moment I was born. And I heard later on there was apparently another stolen generation for people with disabilities. But I'm going to circle back to that story because I'm going to start with Mum's story. Mum was taken from Tanner Creek when she was four years old. Stolen generation, brought up to Darwin and placed on Croker Island. And when Darwin was bombed, they evacuated the kids down, not to Darwin, but inland into the creeks. And she ended up in Owenpelli with Margaret Somerville. And they walked across to Pine Creek. And from Pine Creek, the army found them and put them on trucks 
and drove them down to Alice Springs and from Alice they went on the trains down to Adelaide. Mum came back and came back to Darwin and met Dad and I'm the last of seven children. I was told Mum had me when she was 40 years old. So I'm not sure, I'm not that great at maths, but I'm not sure that she would have been pretty old when she bumped into her brother and the mall. And they all thought she was dead and she thought that her family was long dead. And so when I was about eight years old, we jumped in the car and we went down to Tennant Creek and reunited with the family. But um, that's why when I was born, mum clung on to me. She would not let me out of her sight. So I'm the last of seven. And although I was one year old in 1972, I'd spoken to my family about what it was like then. And my older sisters told me they used to live in a place over here called Police Paddock, which is near One Mile Dam. And what I've described so far is stolen generation. And when they were brought together, they went through that year of segregation. It was black and it was white. And when the Queen was coming to Darwin, my older sister told me that they didn't want the Queen to see all the Aboriginals living in this compound there, this little place. And so they started putting them into houses in a new suburb back then called Rabbit Creek. But what they did was they actually put them white person, Aboriginal person, Greek person, Chinese person. And so that was the social formation of integration. Throughout this period, but with that intergenerational history and that trauma that we carry on our shoulders, I still feel that my father and my uncles and my aunties are with me in spirit. And so I did what my father asked me to do. He made sure, he said, you have to be strong, never give in. You have to be a Larrakia leader. I believe that I've come become that, but I'm tired. And I wonder if dad was tired. It's different when you're tired. It's not angry. You know, it's not afraid. It's tired. It's weary. It feels like you're standing in a storm and a cyclone eventually it wears you down. And I think when dad was going for land rights, I was told he would go to Kalaluk and they would do the strategizing there. They would do all their planning. They would sit down there and then they would go to Bagot and they would talk to the people in the community. And part of that had to do with the Bagot Road blockade when the Aboriginal people protested for land rights and they went and sat out in front of Bagot, right where that walkway is today. They sat down and they blocked everyone from going to work so they could get the attention 
but they never got across. And so I can only imagine how frustrating that would have been. It's 50 years since that petition. I'm, I'm a little torn about that, to be honest. We still need to be recognised. We've been fighting for this land. We've earned the right to be recognised on this country. We can say that. And we, we acknowledge people, you know, they say that this is Larrakia land. But, you know, I wonder if Dad was fighting for that recognition through that treaty, perhaps. Probably not, not back then. They just wanted that recognition and acknowledgement, and that's still going on today, the land rights petition. You know? And I think of this, and it makes me tired, and I try and fill my role, you know. I tell Dad, I did what you told me. I went and I show people the saltwater ceremonies that we're practising today. We're including our community because that's the way Dad told me to be, you know. Uncle Reverend Molly Fijo, he would say to me, take people to Old Man Rock and tell them that story. Tell them the creation of the Larrakia people. Because when you do that, they appreciate the stories of our creations. They feel that spirit, that, that connection. And when I do the saltwater ceremonies and I bring people in with me, I can feel the spirits around me, the Larrakia. And this isn't scripted, but when I was sitting up there, I was very nervous. And sometimes when we become nervous, we believe our spirits, our ancestors are there. And you can feel someone put their hand on you and they're gonna say, you're right. But I wonder sometimes if dad felt this, this toll, if he was worn out for fighting this land. I was only one all, all this life. It's 50 years, probably 52 years, 50 years too late. It's behind the time. It should be done. A lot of the people earlier on said, Larrakia land was never ceded. So let's do something about that because what I worry about, and I wonder if one day my son will be sitting here having the same conversation with me. <laughs> the same conversation I'm having with my dad. Is this going to be intergenerational? Or when will we find fulfilment? I'm tired, but I'll stand because they want me to. And I know my son would say the same thing. I know he'll stand. And in six weeks time, Dad, you're gonna become a grandfather again.
but I wonder if your new grandson or granddaughter will be still fighting the fight or will we finish fighting for this country once and for all and become wholesome. Thank you everyone, my name is Richard Fijo.